Would you turn with uh, me to 1 Peter chapter 5? We are concluding our little mini-series on the book of 1 Peter. And then we'll be taking a break next week. We'll be actually hearing from Chaplain Bill Pelletier next week. Um, but And then we'll jump into 2 Peter, which is even shorter than 1 Peter. 2 Peter is only three chapters, four, so it'll be a three-week series on that one. Now, hopefully, you have not only have your physical Bible. Remember, you can grab a Bible at the Info Hub. We'll give you one complimentary kind of a Bible exchange program there. We want you to have a Bible. The other thing is I really encourage you to either take notes on your phone or a pen and paper. I truly believe that when you come to church looking for God to speak to you, that he's faithful to speak to you. His spirit resides with us. His spirit is not only in us, it's with us. The Bible says we're two or three gathered. He's there with us. And that he wants to speak something fresh and new to you individually. I love when people come up to me and say, you know, Pastor Mark, when you said such and such, that just like blew my socks off. And I'm like, I didn't say that. (laughs) But if you got something out of it, that's amazing. But what it is, is the Holy Spirit was working with that person. They were being open and attentive, and God used some words that I've said to to challenge their hearts and to bring them closer um, to Jesus. So uh, come prepared. I don't care if you want to take one of those cards in the backseat pocket and a pen. I mean, that's that prayer card. Go ahead. I just I want you to ask the Lord to speak something fresh to you today. Okay, here we go. Uh, We're going to cruise right on through this. There's three things that this last chapter addresses. One is if you've been walking with Jesus for a while, um, there is some responsibility you have. Peter's going to tell us that. If you are young in your faith, newer in your walk with Jesus, there's something that you need to do as well. And then lastly, we have an enemy, the adversary, Satan, we'll call him. Um, he is uh, he's looking at you, and he is pursuing you, and Peter tells us what we need to do with that. So that's what we're going to cruise through today. You ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. First Peter chapter 5. So I exhort, exhort is kind of like strongly encourage. So I strongly encourage the elders among you as a fellow elder, and a witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that was going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gains, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Here we go, elders. Now, you read this and it's like, well, I'm not an elder, therefore I'm, uh, this doesn't apply to me. You know, like somebody carries the, the, like Charlie Temple, who's an elder at Grace Capital Church, right? I'm not that. Can I tell you, if you've been walking with the Lord for some time, you're an elder. You have walked with Jesus and you have had the, the, um, the Lord mature you. And raise you up and that you carry wisdom. And I know we are also kind of like, I hope nobody asks me that question, right? But you've been walking with the Lord for a while. Peter says that you're an elder. Now, elders, what they should be doing, though, is you should exercise oversight. 
That's why I love those who step up into leading our life groups. They're not the Bible answer men or women, but they have experienced enough life that they can steer you to the word and they can steer you and encourage you and give wisdom to, uh, to you. But I would encourage you, if you've been walking with the Lord for some time and you've just said, well, I've never seen myself as an, I've never been asked to be an elder, I just want to say you all have been promoted to elder today. <laughs> we have a lot of elders in this church. But what, what Peter is encouraging you to say, you have a responsibility. You have a job. The job is to exercise oversight to the new, younger Christians. So my question is, one, have you identified yourself as an elder? Maybe today you're, you're going to walk out of here and say, I am now an elder at Grace Capital Church. <laughs> well, we talk about pride here in a second, a little bit further down here. But, <laughs> but that you come into this place of, of saying, well, wait a second, who, who am I mentoring? Who am I willing my life to be opened up to? Right When you come to church on Sunday, are you looking around the room and saying, who's a younger believer that I can just give some encouragement today? Right? This is what he's saying. And being an example to the flock. Do you realize that, that your life should be setting an example, elders? You should be setting an example. And how do you do that? And the way you conduct yourself. When you face trials, when you face difficulty, when, when you are in a difficult place, people are looking for how you're going to respond. Okay, elders. Next. And when the chief shepherd appears, who's the chief shepherd? Jesus. It's interesting that he makes this connection, though, elders, which would be like shepherd and sheep, right? He's saying that as you would care for, a shepherd would care for his sheep, bring him to good pastures, you know, fighting off the, uh, the evil that would, or the wolves or the bears that would come to eat the sheep. You know, he's saying those, okay, elders, as you're doing it. But when the chief shepherd comes, Jesus... You will receive the unfading crown of glory. That's the, that's the gift for the elders. When you act this way, elders, those who have been walking with Jesus for some time, you will have a crown of glory. I know some of you right now, it's like, your ears are perking up. This is the note I'm going to take. I will receive a crown of glory. Hallelujah. Where's my crown? Hey, he gives good gifts, right? When we're faithful to him, he gives good gifts. So you should be looking for those good gifts. Likewise, you who are younger, okay, younger, not in age, younger in the Lord, be subject to the elders. Ooh, we don't like that word. Not in this, not in this culture. Subject to your elders. What does that mean? That means you come underneath your elders. Young people, this is where you perk up right here. I'm looking at you, front row. Younger in your faith. Yeah, I know you're younger in age too, but that means you're younger in your faith. Listen to the elders that God has placed over you. Will you do that? Yes. There we go. I'm, I, I'm holding them accountable right there. Did you see? I stared right at them. I'll wait till I saw their heads shake. I, can I tell you what? I love our youth program here at Grace Cattle Church. Look at And our youth are sitting in the front row. Our youth are sitting in the front row. They're attentive. 
They're passionate about Jesus, and so they, they honor what God's word says as they are going to be subject to their elders. So when their elders say something to them, they're going to be, yes, you've lived a lot longer than I have. What do I need to do? Right? <laughs> I'm just saying what the word of God says. All right. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, here's, I love the way that Peter says this, that he says, every single one, up and down, down and up. Clothe yourselves. That word clothe actually is uh, the same word that, that Jesus used when he clothed himself with a, with a towel to serve his disciples, to wash his disciples' feet. So elders serve those who are younger in the faith. Clothe yourself with humility. In this heart of service and vice versa, young people, younger in the Lord, with humility receive what it is that those who've walked with Jesus longer have to say to you. Receive it with humility. Don't get your hard heart all hardened up and say, you know, I know better. I know better. And then those elders, be gentle, be gracious with humility. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Grace, unmerited favor. Interesting. You want unmerited favor, favor you don't deserve in your life? Be humble. Be humble. Because he opposes. You want opposition with God? Be prideful. Be unteachable. Be arrogant. Be self-determined. Don't listen to other people. That's pride. And God opposes the proud. Verse 6. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God. So that at the proper time he may exalt you. See there's another gift. Interesting, he says about the hand of God. Under the hand of God. The hand is interesting. Um, the conductor uses his hand to conduct an orchestra. Everybody's attentive to the hand of the maestro. I think that's, what is, what's the guy, the conductor guy? Is that right? Sure, sounds good. So... Or when you're like, everybody stand, everybody sit, move aside, move aside, move aside, move to the right, 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 right. Everybody's looking attentive to the hand under the hand of God, which by the way is a gentle hand, it is a kind hand, but are you willing to submit yourself with humility under the hand of God that says, not my will, but your will be done? When's the last time you woke up and say, God, not my will today, but your will be done. He's looking for that. And he says that when you are willing to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that at the proper time he may lift you up, exalt you. Interesting, here's the other part of this. Casting all your anxieties or cares on him because he cares for you. Oh my. I love this, this almost dichotomy. The mighty hand of God, like booming voice, mighty hand of God over here. To this, but he cares for you. He wants you close. 
He sees you. He is wanting to be involved in your life. So much so, he says, cast your anxieties or your cares. Casting, think about any fishermen here, any fishermen, fishermen, fishermen. People don't like to fish anymore. What's going on? All right, a couple fishermen, okay. All right, how about the other one? Uh, cast. Anybody uh, like planting seeds by hand these days? I don't think so. <laughs> okay, you do, all right. You're casting seeds in the soil. But that's the idea. You're, you're, you're throwing something away from yourself, throwing it off, throwing it away. And he's saying, cast your anxieties on him. So if I want hands to raise up, I'll just say, anybody been anxious lately? There comes the hands. Okay. He's saying, cast them. Throw them away from yourself. And, and why? Because he cares for you. In other words, he will take it. He sees you. He will take it and he will care for you. So for those of you who thinks, well, the mighty hand of God, I just need to be obedient to this mighty hand of God. And you don't know the tender side of the kindness of God. I want to let you know God's kind. He's tender and he wants you close. Saying, cast your cares, cast your anxieties on him. Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, we've already heard this today, your adversary, the devil prowls or prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He's seeking somebody to devour your enemy. Did you know you have an enemy? Did you know you are a threat? Do you know that he is coming after you like a lion? Now, this is interesting. That is many ways that, that um, the enemy, Satan, has been depicted. Here, Peter says, like a lion. The idea is, if you've ever seen a a lion going after its prey, it will always, we talked about this isolation, right? He'll always isolate one, get it away from the pack. If you're not with the pack, you, you, um, you're vulnerable. But if you're in the pack, you're typically safe. And he's saying he's looking for the one who has made themselves vulnerable. And he's going to go after it. Other places, though, that the enemy, 1 Corinthians, I don't, I'm, actually, I did write that down. 1 Corinthians, there's another um, scripture that talks about what the enemy is like. Did you know he's not just like a lion? He's also masquerades as an angel of light. Uh, when I'm talking to young people, sometimes young people have some really interesting ideas. And, and they'll say, like, I was like, where did you get that from? It's like, well, you know, the Internet and some other things. And it's like, it seems good. It seems loving. Can I tell you what? The enemy will masquerade like an angel of light. You need to be very aware. You need to be very diligent. You need to understand what the word of God says to understand if you're going to be tricked by the enemy. The other thing is we also know that the enemy in Psalm 91.3 says he's, he's like a fowler. A fowler is somebody who hunts birds. Any bird hunters? We're in the hunting and fishing thing. A couple bird hunters here. A fowler, what do they do? They're like super sneaky and quiet. At the right moment, lay the trap and then get the bird. 
right? The enemy is that, all those things. So one, I want to commend you guys. You are, you are in a safe place because you're in a community of believers, but I would say a safer place is for you to be in life group where you're known by each other and that you've got each other's backs and that you're praying for each other and you're encouraging one another because we have an enemy who wants to go after you, seeking someone to devour. Now here it goes, though. Verse 9. So we have that, but we, we don't have to be afraid and we don't have to, like, crumble. It says here, verse 9, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being uh, experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So he's saying, okay, even though you have an enemy that's going after, resist him. We also know there's another scripture that says, James 4, 7. Resist the devil and he will flee. Isn't it good that he will flee? Now, the interesting part of this, we, we memorize that one. Resist the devil and he will flee. But we forget what comes before that verse, actually. It says this. Submit to God. The first part of that verse says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. There is something about the power. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You try to do that on your own flesh. You do that outside the power of God, you are still vulnerable. I want to say you need to be filled up. You need to be uh, submit yourself to God. Then you resist the devil and he will flee. Resist him. Sister, I love it. Who's amen to me over there? It's my sister. My sister. All right. You guys can amen. I, I know... Uh, this is the boisterous side over here. Okay. <laughs> Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering. Okay, part of what we know with this from uh, Peter's writing, right? He saw Jesus suffer. He himself suffered. He's telling everybody else, guess what? You're going to suffer. <laughs> but stand firm in your suffering. Don't let it take you off course. Okay. Verse 10, and after you have suffered a little while, can somebody say a little while? Oh, see, you breathe easier now. It's not suffer for the rest of your life. Suffer for just a little while. Now, when your life is eternal, then a little while might be your whole life. I don't know, but when you suffer for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Mr. Keyboard Player can come up at this time because I'm ready to bring us home. And after, amen, he wants me to go home. He wants me to go home. See, I asked for some amens, and all of a sudden I, I get talking smack again. It's all right. Keep going. And after you've suffered a while, that was a little, a little bit of suffering right there. After I've suffered a little while, it hurt me. The God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. See, you were just waiting for me to get to that little point. I know what you were saying. See, isn't this so good that 
that through Jesus Christ, his dominion will be forever and ever. And for us as followers of Christ, our little momentary suffering in life, if we can be faithful, we know that we get to spend eternity with Almighty God, our Father in heaven, through Jesus Christ, our King of kings and our Lord of lords, who is the ultimate defender of our faith. He will establish us, restore us, confirm us, strengthen us. Everything that the world has taken away from you, restored He'll confirm you. In other words, you are the son and daughter of Christ, of God. He'll strengthen you. I know sometimes you feel weak. You feel weak in your faith. You feel weak just to even get through life. But he will strengthen you through Jesus Christ. Final greetings, chapter 12, I mean, verse 12. By Silvanus, that's probably also the same as Silas. By the way, back in the, the times, people would be scribes writing the letter. So Peter would say these words and then uh, somebody would be writing it down. So it's probably uh, Silas by Silvanus, a faithful brother. As I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She was in Babylon. He's talking about the church. It might be the city of Babylon. It might also just be a sinful city. Babylon was known as a sinful city. It might have been Rome at the time. Uh, she who was in Babylon, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings. And so does Mark, my son. Mark, most likely that is the Mark who wrote the gospel uh, of Mark. Greeting uh, one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ Jesus. So you know how I said it was really difficult uh, sometimes for guys to say I love you to another guy? I mean, a godly love, right? Greet one another with a kiss of love. Oh, don't worry, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not going there. with. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Back then, it was very appropriate for guys, you know, cheek-to-cheek kiss at that time. Don't worry. Okay, the big point, I was a little sidetracked on that one, but because I was like, I, my heart was going faster, too. It's like, it's hard enough. Somebody t- this morning, I just said, like, were you there for that message where it was, like, really hard for guys to say I love you? I just want to listen. And I, I practiced it. I said, you know what? I just want to let you know I love you. And without, without being blushful or, or like, he goes, I love you, too, Mark. I was like... Why is that so easy for him? That was so hard for me. But I'm growing. I'm growing. All right. (laughs) Oh, I love you guys. See, I can say it generally, but if I'm looking at some other dude in the face, in the eyes, it's a hard one. All right, so here we are. We finished 1 Peter. The, uh, The thing for today, though, is elders. Those of you who walk with Jesus, you've been charged. You've been charged to really have oversight of our younger believers. You can see some of them right here. Not only just young in age, but young who just, who, how many people, by the way, let me just add a show of hands. How many people have given their life to the Lord five years or less? Raise your hand. Five years or less. Don't be shy. Look at them all. Three, year, three years or less. Yeah, that's awesome. Three years or less. You've given your life to the Lord. Three years or less. 
three years or less. How many gave your life to the Lord this year? There's some of you. Yeah, awesome. I love it. All right, so elders, you have a, you have a job um, to continue to encourage. And then for those of you young in your faith, it's okay. People Find people who have been walking with the Lord. How many people have been walking with the Lord for 20 years or more? Raise your hand. 20 years or more. A lot of you guys. A lot of you guys. How about 30 years or more? 40 years or more? 50 years or more? Wow. Wow. Look around. See some of those guys. Kind of like, hey, can you, can you share some words of wisdom with me? They've got stuff to share. They, these are your elders. Um, and then lastly, know that we've got an enemy that is, is looking out to, to snag you. So stay connected. Be in a life group, right? And, and be connected in community. Honor God first and foremost. Humble yourself. If you've got pride rising up and you kill that pride, keep squashing it down. Keep humble before the Lord. And the God who wants to restore you, confirm you, and strengthen you, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today, and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching. Thank you.